Jesus speaks today in this gospel, a very special promise, a special visit. The visit of the Holy Trinity to our souls, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. If you re read the gospel, you see how Jesus is unfolding these visits, the visit of the Father, the visit of the Son, and the visit of the Holy Spirit. And these visits, they establish a special presence, what we call in theology, in Catholic theology, an indwelling presence, a presence that is permanent, interior, and loving. First, see how he speaks of the Spirit. Jesus says that he will give you <clears throat> another advocate to be with you always. The Spirit of Truth, he remains with you and will be in you. He, the Father, will give you another advocate, another lawyer, to be with you always. Jesus is saying that another advocate, because he's the first advocate. The Holy Spirit is the second ad advocate. So if you're a lawyer, you have some hope, because Jesus and the Spirit, they identify as lawyers. They defend us against Satan, who is the accuser of humanity. So he will give you another advocate to be with you always, day and night, when you drive, when you rest, when you're at work, when you're at home, always with you. The spirit of truth, he remains with you and will be in you. The word John uses remain is kind of a technical word in the Gospel of John. It means that it's not just like a passing guest, like a staying that is transitory. To remain means to dwell and, more precisely, to inhabit. So the, Jesus is saying the Holy Spirit will inhabit you, will indwell in you, will make of your heart his home. Then Jesus himself promises to be back. I will not leave you orphans. I will, come to, I will come to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. So when I die and I rise up again, you will see me. The world will not see me. And on that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I in you. On that day, the day after the resurrection, you will realize, you will understand that I am in my Father. So as I am in the Father and the Father is in me, as we are mutually compenetrated, in the same way those who believe and love me, you will realize that you are in me, your life is in me, and I am in you. Very similar to John 15, remain in me as I remain in you. So Jesus also promises to come back to us and to remain in us, to stay deep inside of us. Someone told me once the example of the fish and the water. Like the fish is in the water and the water also is inside the fish. So the Christian in the state of grace is in the presence of God, and also the presence of God is inside of you. It's an analogy because you're not a fish, no, you're 
more than that. This is the insight that Paul gained and expressed in Galatians 2. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. Paul who lived a self-sufficient life, a self-driven life. When he converted, he realized that the resurrected Jesus lived inside of him. And finally, Jesus says, the Father will also come to us. Whoever loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and reveal myself to him. So whoever loves me will be loved by my Father. This permanent interior indwelling presence is also a loving presence, an ongoing presence that leads you to experience the love of God. It's not like a police car driving next to you and you feel fear. No, like this is a presence that makes you flourish, makes you thrive, a loving presence. So Jesus is reminding us in three times he says the same. There's an interior, permanent, loving presence of God. We call the indwelling presence. You know, in Catholic theology, the presence of God is diverse. He's present in creation. He's present in the Word of God, in the Christian community. He's present in the events of life. He's present in the very poor. He's present in the sacrament. But all those presences, they have this main goal of leading the presence of Christ inside of us and establishing an indwelling presence and making you a living tabernacle of the presence of God. The Catechism says in 260, the ultimate end of the whole divine economy, the divine economy is the plan of salvation, the whole goal of the whole plan of salvation is the entry of God's creatures into the perfect unity of the blessed trinity. The final goal of all God did is to lead all creation to the final home, that is, entrance into the Holy Trinity. But even now, says the Catechism, we are called to be a dwelling for the most holy Trinity. So God is leading all creation to him, but even now he's already walking with us, living inside of us. We are called to be a dwelling for the most holy Trinity. Do you believe that? Do you believe that if you are in the state of Christ, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit remain in you, stay in you? Do you believe that God loves you so much He longs to enter your heart and never leave it? Do you believe that we are living in the fulfillment of time? What the Old Testament longed to see, we are seeing it. The Old Testament, they worshipped the Ark of the Covenant, was the main dwelling presence of God. And then in the New Testament, Jesus became that living presence of God. But after Pentecost, each believer who is in the state of grace, who loves the Father, who seeks him, who is open, becomes a dwelling tabernacle 
someone who is, in a sense, already inhabited by heaven here on earth. It's a beautiful truth and it has many consequences. But Jesus also gives us a warning in this gospel. He says that the world cannot accept it because it neither sees nor knows him. And he speaks of the spirit of truth. So basically, Jesus is saying we can miss that presence. We can ignore it. It's so interior, so mysterious, and so ongoing that we can forget about it. And even worse, we can leave the house and forsake the interior guest. You can be out all day around and kind of ignore the guests that are inside of you. That's what we call to be diverted, diversion, to be outside of yourself, scattered. That's the experience of Augustine, as he shares in the Confessions. You were within, he's speaking to God, but I outside, seeking there for you. And upon the shapely things you have made, I rushed headlong. You were with me, but I was not with you. Augustine shares, when he looks back, I was in such a party life that I was outside myself, seeking there for you, seeking your peace and your love in those created things. And you were with me, but I was not with you. So it's a very beautiful truth, but it demands faith. It demands seeking. It demands recollection, interiority. We can be so scattered that we cannot experience and dwell in that holy presence. So for homework this week, do what in the Sanction Society call the practice of the holy minute. Just to take a minute of recollection in the middle of the day. And you go and you slow down, you stop, and you visit the interior guest of your soul. You become mindful of that presence of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You can even speak with the Father or speak with the Son or speak with the Holy Spirit. You become aware that there's an ongoing companionship if you're in the state of grace. Peter says today, sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts. Another translation says, revere Christ in your hearts. So he's saying the same. Revere, adore the presence of Christ inside of you. He's in the Blessed Sacrament. He's real there. He's in many other places, but he's also inside of us. So do that practice of the Holy Minute and revere Christ in your heart. This practice will make you more peaceful, more recollected. Also, it will lead you to pray on an ongoing basis throughout the day. And also, it will lead you to love others in a deeper way. If you believe that of you, you will believe it of others. 
If you begin to revere Christ in your heart, you will begin also to revere Christ in the life of others. You will discover the amazing dignity our brothers and sisters have. And I think this is important because I don't know if you feel this way, but with all the kind of risk of spreading the virus, like each person that comes to you is kind of like an enemy. No? Like if they're a household, that's okay. If they're friends, it's more or less okay. If they're strangers, it's like, like really stay away. Like we become, and we need to be careful and keep the social distance, but revere Christ in their hearts as well. So this truth of Christ help us value the dignity of the human person as well. And I leave you with this beautiful quote that is in the Catechism given by St. Elizabeth of the Trinity, who was one of the saints who deepened in the truth of God indwelling in us. She says, O my God, Trinity whom I adore, may nothing be able to travel my peace or make me leave you. O my unchanging God, but may each minute bring me more deeply into your mystery. Grant my soul peace. Make it your heaven, your beloved dwelling, and the place of your rest. May I never abandon you there, but may I be there whole and entire, completely vigilant in my faith. O Holy Trinity, I adore you. Let nothing be able to travel my peace, my unchanging God, dwelling in you. Make it your heaven. Make my heart your heaven, your beloved dwelling and the place of your rest. I may I never abandon you there. And for those who come to Mass today and receive Holy Communion, that's the goal of Holy Communion. In a physical way, Christ coming to your heart and making your heart an indwelling place for the Most Holy Trinity. So let us receive him today with wonder and with joy. And then let us remain in that presence that is permanent, ongoing, and loving.